Welcome to His Church Owensboro Podcast. We are so excited about what God is doing in your life, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at hischurch.cc and let us know about all of the things that God is doing in your life. If you have been blessed by this podcast and would consider supporting us financially, please visit hischurch.cc and click on Give to see the many options available. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message blesses you. in the house of God on the Lord's day. Oh, it feels good in here. Amen. I feel faith in the room. Why don't you turn to your neighbor? Just tell them, tell them you're lucky. You got to sit by me today, huh? They're lucky. And let's give everybody watching online a big hand clap. Welcome Owensboro, Kentucky, Dumas, Texas, Henderson, Kentucky, and everybody hanging out with us. We love you and we are so glad you're here. I want to go ahead and encourage you next week. Uh, we're going to be here as long as the authorities allow us. And next week, we're going to raffle away six rolls of toilet paper. So if you need some TP, come on, there'll be some in God's house. I don't know where I'm going to get it. I may have to go to, uh, I don't know where I'm going to have to go to find six rolls, but I'll find it by next week. All right. That's my promise at every campus. We're going to raffle away six rolls of toilet paper, but I'm taking the first one. All right. So there's five rolls now. All right. Praise the Lord. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped to be here with you. I feel like this without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, I'm looking at a bunch of people. How many of y'all survived riding a bike without a helmet as a child? How many of y'all used to ride to football or baseball or basketball practice in the back of your friend's pickup truck? Anybody out there? Oh, yeah, here's some risk takers now. How many of y'all can remember riding on vacation in the back glass of a station wagon with your face touched to it? Did anybody play with fireworks unattended as a child? What about BB gun wars? We have any BB gun war survivors out there? All right? I'll tell you, you are a survivor. Not just a survivor, but a thriver. Amen? Here's some, uh, here's some interesting information uh, of, of epidemics. And listen, I'm not saying take this lightly. How many know we ought to follow the precautions? Wash our hands. I hadn't washed my hands in like a decade until this came out, right? So we ought to be washing our hands. How about a fist bump instead of a handshake? I know you may have faith to shake the hand of the devil, but the other person is freaked out when you come at them like this. They're like, you see the fear in their eyes. Just leave those people alone, amen? Don't, don't make them shake their hand. But, but here's some things. Here's some uh, virus diseases, scares we've all survived. I want to encourage you, all right? 2004, we overcame SARS. 2008, we overcame the avian flu. 2010, we overcame the swine flu. 2012, we overcame mares. 2014, we overcame Ebola. 2016, we overcame Zika. 2018, there was another Ebola scare. And in 2020, I submit to you, we are going to overcome the coronavirus because we are overcomers, amen? We overcome by the blood of the lamb, by the word of our testimony. And uh, thank God right now we have something to rejoice in at all of our campuses. To my knowledge, at this time, we have no confirmed cases in Amarillo, Texas. That's, that's shouting ground. Amen. No confirmed cases in Owensboro, Kentucky. Come on, somebody. No confirmed cases in Dumas, Texas. No confirmed cases in Henderson. Every campus ought to give God a hand clap together. Let's worship them together right now. Amen. No plague will come not our dwelling. No plague will come not our dwelling. No plague will come not our dwelling. 
No plague is going to come nigh your dwelling. Psalm 91 says that I prophesied. No plague is going to come nigh your dwelling. Amen? Amen. Well, here's, uh, here's if you look at the stats, I want to encourage you a lot of times it's easy to compare stats in China or Italy with what we're going to face in America. All right? People in China live very, very close. You recognize that? I mean, I've been all over Asia. I've ministered in, in Asian countries for years. I preached in Burma, Thailand, Vietnam. I, I pre I've been in all these very, and you're talking about people living in very tight spaces, right? We got a lot of room in America. Uh, our sanitation's better than anybody else's in the earth. And, and I submit it's way better than anything you're going to run into in, in Europe as well. How many are thankful to be Americans this morning? Amen. So just all of that puts us at an advantage in the natural. Uh, but right now we've had around 50 deaths that, that I heard of at this point that I know of in America. I want you to compare and contrast that with some of this just to bring panic down. All right. The swine flu in 2009 killed 12,469 people. We didn't have a reaction like this. 2018, the flu deaths alone in 2018 were 34,200 flu deaths. All right, car crashes in 2016, 37,000 deaths through car crash. 2018, there were 16,214 murders. And we're freaking out right now. It's because of the unknown. And thank God there's only been 50 deaths, right? You got to look at it. I think we use wisdom. We use precaution. We listen to, I'm so thankful for all of our medical uh, uh, doctors, all of our researchers, come on, all of our nurses, everybody that works for, the, for that industry. Let's give them all a big hand clap. We love you. We're, I want you to pray for them. How many, uh, how many of y'all will commit to pray for our medical workers every time you can remember when you pray? Will you, will you pray for them? They need our prayers right now. I'm, I'm thankful for them. But I don't think us panicking is going to help anything at all. I'm not afraid of the coronavirus. I will be watching those people that are freaked out about the coronavirus because it's people that will mess you up, right? Uh, you know, there's a story in the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 8, verse 23, about a storm that showed up very quickly. That's what's just happened in our nation. Our nation has had a storm that showed up very quickly. And I think um, a lot of us have had days like this where, come on, the sun was shining. You were feeling it on your face. You woke up on the right side of the bed. You were feeling good. You turned on the radio and your favorite song was on. You're rolling down the road. That You had the hair. Your hair was blowing back. You look like somebody on a rock video, right? You're looking cool. And everything was perfect. And then all of a sudden, boom, something happened. How many of y'all been there? A storm showed up, right? And, and, and that's the way life is. Now, I think if we're not careful, we can start to think that the storm will never show up. But the history of the church for the last 2,000 years is we've ministered through pestilence, we've ministered through plague, we've ministered through war, we've ministered through poverty, we've ministered through real hardship. 2,000 years there's been many storms, and those storms come and go, but the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is still standing, and the church will still be standing in another 2,000 years, and the church will still be standing 2,000 years past that, and the church will be standing 10,000 times 10,000. We're going to stand, we're going to live, we're going to be all right. You're an over because greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. Shake off that spirit of fear. Cast down that
that panic. Lift up the name of Jesus. We're going to live and not die to declare the works of the Lord. Man, I can't even get to my passage in here. Huh? I tell you, I feel faith in here right now. Storm shows up, Matthew chapter 8, on the Sea of Galilee. I was at the Sea of Galilee just a few weeks ago. It's one of my favorite places on the earth. Man, a lot of times you get there, you're jet lagged. You get up early in the morning and get up, and it'll be just like glass out there. Beautiful place. Jesus crossed it. Several of his disciples fished, were fishermen and fished on it. But largely during the days of Jesus, Jews were afraid of the water. They were not a big seafaring people. If you wanted seafaring people 2,000 years ago, the Phoenicians, the Philistines, all of those people had, had experience with that, but not the Jews. And so the Sea of Galilee at night would have been to the Jews like we would perceive a graveyard at midnight. How many know if you enjoy hanging out at graveyards at midnight? You need prayer. Can I get an amen, right? You need prayer. And we'll, we'll pray for you at the end of this service if that's you, all right? Uh, so they were freaked out about it. And they get out on this sea and trouble arises. Matthew chapter 8, verse 23, it says this. Talking about Jesus. Now when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly, everybody say suddenly. I mean, that sudden storm. Sudden a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? When he came to the other side to the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two demon-possessed men coming out of the tombs, exceedingly fierce so that no one could pass that way. And suddenly they cried out, saying, What have we to do with you, Jesus, you Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Let's pray. Father, I thank you that fear is eroded. Fear is evaporating. Fear is defeated at Calvary's cross. Now thank you that faith is arising. I declare God is arising and his enemies are scattered now in Jesus' mighty name. Do what only you could do. Calm the storm. We believe you for it in Jesus' name. If you're in agreement, give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Amen. 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 Here's what happens. Jesus is crossing the Sea of Galilee and he's going to the other side. Now, today, 2,000 years ago, we don't think much about that. It's like, well, he's crossing a body of water. But he's not just crossing into a similar area when he crosses to the other side. Most of Jesus' ministry happened in the region of Galilee around Capernaum, Bethabara. It would have all been Jewish territory, very much uh, people of worship and people of faith. Across the Sea of Galilee... On the other side, there was a place called the Decapolis. Decapolis means 10 cities. Deca meaning 10. And if you went over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, you were now out of Orthodox, believing, faithful Jewish territory. And you were where some people who were descendants of the Jews lived, but their religion had become mixed in with the religions of the Greek and the religions of the Rome, of Rome. 
Uh, they worshiped Zeus. You'll see that they had pigs they tended over there. I was just in Israel. You'll have a hard time finding a ham sandwich where there are Jews, right? So he's crossing over to a tough place, to the land of the Decapolis. And specifically, he's going over to a place called uh, where the Gergesenes were. And as he's crossing over, they're doing their thing. And suddenly, everybody say suddenly. Man, it's what just happened in our nation. We were doing our thing. We were living our life. We had the strongest 2020 going we've ever had. Stock market was clipping at 30,000. Come on, good times were rolling. How many of y'all like the good times, baby? I like let the good times roll, right? And uh, they're coming back in Jesus' name. But then suddenly, boom, we have this virus that sweeps across the nation. It's a lot like this storm that came down onto the Sea of Galilee. Like, like right above the Sea of Galilee, there's an area called the Golan Heights. It's a mountainous region. And uh, out here in Texas, many of you are familiar with the Rockies, just right out of the way. How many of you have ever been out there in the Rockies and the weather changed very quickly in the mountains on you? You just see, boom, clouds come over. Those of you watching in Kentucky, you're very familiar with the Smokies right there in Tennessee. In those mountainous areas, the weather turns just like this. And what will happen on the Sea of Galilee is air will come down off of the mountains out of the Golan Heights and it'll hit the Sea of Galilee and boom, it can go from clear sailing to a storm. The Bible calls this a temptus and just a storm absolutely hits. It hits the disciples and the disciples start freaking out. What I love about our Jesus is even though the disciples are freaking out, even though the storm is on, look at what Jesus is doing when the storm hits the boat and when the storm is even filling the boat with water. Our God Jesus is still asleep, just hanging out, catching his Z's, not freaking out. He's in the boat. He's having the best sleep of his life. And he's sleeping without Ambien. Come on, somebody. He's sleeping without, without a CPAP machine. He's sleeping without any type of sleep aids. He's sleeping like a baby because you don't have to be afraid whenever you're better than anything that's outside of the boat. As long as you're in the boat, you got it controlled. That's why he can sleep in the boat. He's not freaking out right now. I'm telling you, Jesus is bigger than corona. Jesus is bigger than cancer. Jesus is bigger than HIV. Jesus is bigger than any problem we might have, and he will remain bigger. He sleeps in the boat. He doesn't freak out. I think one of the things that the world needs to see out of us, when the world is freaking out, the followers of Jesus ought to be cooler and calmer and more faith-filled than we've ever been before. They need light. They need salt. They need the difference. And if we run around grabbing our heads, screaming, the sky is falling. Come on. If the Jesus people freak out, what is the world going to do? Look at your neighbor and tell them don't panic. Just tell them that, huh? You know, we had a, we had a guy that went to church with us many years ago in Owensboro. He was moved on somewhere else for a job. But uh, he worked building, I think it was cabinets, in Owensboro, Kentucky, and um, they were working one day in the shop. They had a lot of saws where they're working with wood, and somebody across the shop had this, this massive table saw, and they were cutting these small strips of wood off of the table saw, and somehow the wood got caught in a bind, and it kicked, and everything didn't go right, and a rod of wood came off of that saw like an arrow, flew across the room, struck him in his leg, went all the way through his right leg, 
and went into his left leg, went all the way through his left leg, and when he looked down, both of his legs were pinned together with a piece of wood sticking out of him at both sides. How many of y'all think that qualifies as a storm? Come on, somebody, right? Talking about freak out measure. And he's looking down. Thank God it missed his femoral artery. It would have bled out and died like that. But he's, he's looking down, and he said one of his coworkers saw it across the room. And he said the coworker, you know, he screams. He sprinted over to him. He said he looked at me, and then he started running in circles, screaming and cussing and carrying on. And then he looked up, and he grabbed the, the rod on one side of his leg and said, I'm going to pull it out. And he said, you get away from me now, right? Get away. Why? Because people that are afraid, people that are full of fear, people that allow panic to take them over, how many of you know they're the most dangerous people? How many of you felt yourself get stupider whenever you get afraid? Can I get an amen out there, right? How many of you know when we panic, when we fear, we're as dumb as we ever get? As a matter of fact, science shows when fight or flight kicks in that our IQ and our cognitive abilities, they go lower. So I believe this. I believe that we got about 30 seconds or a minute or two whenever a storm hits to calm ourselves. Because if we let panic take over, I believe it becomes kind of a tone setter for the rest of that period of our life. Right? You let panic take over. How many of you have ever panicked and see it affect your children in your house? Huh? How many leaders have ever panicked and watched it go through the organization you lead? Right? Come on, we are not the people of fear. We are the people of faith. Come on, you're not the people of fear. I declare you are the people of faith. You do not panic. So Jesus gets up. They wake him up. Master, why don't you care? We're dying. We're going under. Talking there in a very small boat. It's taking on water. He's sleeping like a baby. They wake him up, and immediately, what does Jesus do? Jesus rebukes them as soon as they wake him up. I like to rebuke people whenever they wake me up. How many of you are like that when somebody's messing with you when you're sleeping, right? Remember, Justice, my boy, he's the first one up in the house, still is. He and I will fight for the title. But when he was little bitty, like three or four, as soon as the sun came up, I'd feel a little hand on my face. And he'd be in my room poking me in the face. I'd open my eyes. He'd say, get up, Dad. The sun's on. The sun's on. It's time to go, right? And you'd say, son, get behind me, Satan. Get out of my room. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Jesus got up and he rebukes them. He says this to him. He says, he says, why are you fearful? Where is your faith? I kind of think if Jesus would have listened to some of our conversations over the last few weeks, he might look at us. Come on, somebody. How many of y'all would admit, maybe you said a few things that Jesus would be like, why are you freaked out? Where is your faith? I got to admit, when the market crashed a few days ago, me and my brother had a phone call. Jesus would have heard that. I know he did. He'd be like, why are y'all freaked out? Where is your faith? Right? But we recover quickly. If you freaked out, just repent. Come on, let's do it together. Confess our sins one to another. Everybody say this. Say, I repent. Huh? Now we repent. That's behind us. We go forward. Jesus gets up, he looks at the storm. Now I want you to know this is not a natural storm. Every storm that comes to your life is not just a natural storm. This storm is a demonic storm. How do I know that? Jesus gets up and rebukes it. If it was sent from God, why would God get up and stop it? Everything that happens in this world is not the hand of God. 
They'll say the coronavirus was an act of God. It will not be an act of God. It is an act of the devil sent to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And just like Jesus rebuked that storm, come on, somebody, he's going to rebuke this storm. He's going to say, peace, be still. And the power of God is going to hit this thing and stop it in Jesus' mighty name. Here's what happens. Jesus is heading to the area of the Decapolis. What the devil likes to do is the devil likes to take over regions. He likes to take areas. He sets up strongholds. It's a military strategy. You go into an area and you fortify an area, so you hold that area. He does it in family, families' lives. Some of you, the devil put a stronghold in your household many generations ago, and it seems like your people just keep going back to the same sin. I'm going to tell you in Jesus, he doesn't have to hold that stronghold in your family's life anymore. He does it in regions too. The devil's territorial. You go around the earth, you look at different regions, there'll be false worship set up in certain regions. There'll be certain issues that are larger in this culture than the other culture. Like I think about like the city of Amsterdam. I think about drug abuse. If I think about Bangkok, Thailand, I think about prostitution. You think about uh, uh, different cultures. You can just come up with different ideas. Why is it like that? Well, there's a stronghold set up there. And the devil demonic stronghold set up in the area of the Gergesenes. They felt Jesus coming across the Sea of Galilee. When he gets to that area, it's so demonized through false worship, through uh, breaking the laws of God, through people doing whatever they want to do. Whenever you would go to that area, there were violent, demon-possessed men who would attack you and nobody could go in there. How many of y'all think that sounds like a demonic area? If, you, if the greeters are attacking you whenever you show up, you're at the wrong place. Can I get an amen, right? And, and so that spirit fills Jesus coming across the Sea of Galilee. And it sends a storm out to try to stop him. You know where I believe that this storm came from? I believe that there's a massive revival that's scheduled to hit America and to hit the nation. I believe we're right at the cusp of a third great awakening. I believe the revival's going to come unlike we've ever seen before in our earth. And I believe the devil's nervous, and so he sent a storm to try to stop it before it gets here. But I'm telling you what, all this storm's going to do is soften up the heart of mankind to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I declare revival isn't coming. I declare revival is here. I said revival is here. I said revival is here. Revival's not coming. Revival is here in Jesus' mighty name. It is here. The devil's trying to stop it. Jesus gets up and he speaks to that storm and he says, peace, be still. And it goes in an instant from one of the roughest things you've ever seen, a tempest, to calm. The sea was like glass. I believe just like this thing came, this thing's going to go and it's going to be calm again. Can I get an amen? amen? Like a sea of glass. Right now, if you're struggling with faith and struggling with what's happening, I want to speak to your heart. I say, peace, be still in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Jesus crossed over and he went and did exactly what he wanted to do. I mean, no, the devil can't stop the will of God. He's not big enough. He's not bad enough. He's already been dethroned 2,000 years ago. He's no longer a lion. The Bible says he's like a roaring lion. He acts like a roaring lion, seeking whom he might devour. Jesus shows up, casts the devil out of these men. Revival hits that area. I was hitting Owensboro, Kentucky. Revival is hitting Dumas, Texas. Revival is hitting Henderson, Kentucky. So we serve the God that is bigger than the storm. Yeah, 
You know, the coronavirus, it got its name. I, I did a little research. Y'all probably heard this talked about. It's been all over the news, but the coronavirus, it got its name, and this is a new strand of a virus that's been around a very long time. But it's got a formation on the top of the virus itself. You can talk to the medical people about how it happens, but there's a formation on the top of the virus itself that looks like a crown. The word corona, it means crown. It's just like the corona, the beer that, you know, that everybody was drinking years ago. Not you, but people at the other church down the road were drinking. And uh, uh, it, had a, it, had a, it had a corona. Why did they name it that? Well, we're the crown of beers. This virus is saying it's the crown. Even the world has tagged it. It's the crown or the king. And the virus is trying to execute authority and rule and reign and take charge of the entire earth. But I've got good news for you, church. There is a crown that is greater than any crown that is on this earth. There is a crown that is seated in the heavens. There is a crown that is eternal, immortal. There's a crown and the other government will be placed upon his shoulder. Come on, the crown of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He is king of kings. He is Lord of lords. This virus will not stop him. He is unstoppable. He is immovable. He is unshakable. He is all-powerful. He is sovereign. To him be all the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Come on, somebody shout, he's king of kings. Man, his crowd is stronger. If you'd stay up on your feet with me just for one more second. Whenever I think about that, his crown is stronger than any other crown. He wins the game of thrones every time. There's not another king that can stay in the ring with him. It's like a 120-pound man fighting a heavyweight. He doesn't have a chance. I'm reminded of the old song. Whenever I think about that crown, it says, Oh, hail the power of Jesus' name before whom angels prostrate fall. Lift up the royal diadem and crown him. Come on, somebody. Lord of all. Come on, just say crown him. Lord of all. Here's what we're going to do is we're going to pray for our nation now. We operate under the strongest crown that's ever been given on the earth. We have authority in the name of Jesus. We have a healer by the name of Jehovah Rapha. His stripes, the back was striped so that we could be made whole. Whenever the world has a tough time, I'll tell you whose responsibility it is to pray. It's the church's responsibility. We're going to be light. We're going to be salt. We're going to pray. We're going to believe God. Amen. How many of y'all believe the power of prayer can turn the tide of this thing? It can turn the tide of this thing. And we're going to take the next few moments. At every campus, we're going to release campus pastors, campus hosts come, worship teams come. We're going to pray for our nation. And we're going to agree with what the president asked us for today to be a day of prayer. Pastor Jesse's going to lead us Amen. in prayer. We're going to pray right now. We're going to join with them, just as Pastor Brian was saying, uh, uh, all of our campuses. But again, churches all across the nation praying right now for this very thing. So, so let's lift up our hearts and our hands, and let's take a few minutes. Let's pray together. Let's, let's, let's rebuke this, this storm that's trying to come against not just our country, but uh, uh, all around the world. Let, let's, let's just lift up in faith right now. A, a, a prayer of faith. Father God, we, we speak faith right now. We don't operate in fear. We operate in faith. And I thank you, Lord, that you are a way maker, that you make a way where there is no way. And you speak to the storm just as Jesus did on that boat. You speak to it 
and you say, peace be still. I thank you, Lord, the authority and the power that was with him that day, it is on the inside of us because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. We are, we have been engrafted in to the blessing of Abraham. So with that same power and that same authority, we say to that storm, peace be still. We rebuke you, storm. We say, peace be still in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Father, I thank you, Lord, now just for your healing balm to now come and cover those that have been affected with this virus. Father, I thank you, Lord. That's exactly why Jesus went to the whipping post, to bear the stripes that paid the price for our healing. I thank you, Lord, that we claim healing where there needs to be healing. I thank you, Father God, there's protection now, a hedge of protection around uh, this, our families, around this nation, Father God, around the nations of the world. I thank you, Lord, the, the spread of this virus, it stopped now in Jesus' mighty name. I pray, Father, for wisdom, for the medical community. I thank you, Lord. Give, give them wisdom. Give them insight on how to what we can do in the natural to combat it, to, to stop it, to stop the spread of it, to, to come out with an, an antivirus, uh, Father God, an anti-serum. I thank you, Father God, now. Give, give them wisdom in Jesus' mighty name. And, and Father, if they miss anything, if they don't know how to combat it, I thank you, Lord, you fill in the gap. I thank you, Lord, there's a miracle right there. And I thank you as fast as the coronavirus came to be, it, it's just as fast it leaves, it's gone, it's done away with. Because we're people of faith, we're not people of fear. We don't shrink back, we step up. And we say to that storm, peace, be still. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. He is good. 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 And he's worthy of our praise. Let's worship him now as we leave here today. Let's worship. <laughs>